are listening to Wellness Wednesday, a show about health and wellness in the Yukon-Kuskokwim Delta. This week, excellent health with the Yukon-Kuskokwim Health Corporation. Thank you for listening to Excellent Health with the Yukon-Kuskokwim Health Corporation. On this show, we'll be speaking with medical experts from the Yukon-Kuskokwim Health Corporation about health-related topics that you can use to keep yourself and your loved ones in excellent health. Uli Haugo, I'm Nikolai Joke from YKHC. Some of the things I love to do are yoroking, subsistence gathering, playing volleyball, cooking, and relaxing at home. One thing that you may notice that is not on the list is getting my preventative health checkups. I'm guessing most of us would say the same thing. But I know that following recommendations to schedule your preventative care visits or annual checkups are important. Staying current with cancer screenings, chronic health visits, Prescription refills and adult vaccinations can help us stay healthy and keep us doing what we love for longer. To talk more about these things and and health appointments you may want to consider is YKHC's Chief of Staff and frequent excellent health guest, Dr. Ellen Hodges. Welcome, Dr. Hodges. Thanks for joining me. Thanks for having me. It's always a pleasure. Um, So, Dr. Hodges, what are some of the things that you love to do? Oh, I really love being outdoors, uh, walking my dog, camping, fishing. I also love to read, knit, and of course, spending time with my family and friends. Those are all good things. All right, so to start off, um, could you explain what preventative care visits are and why they're important for maintaining good health? At these visits, your health care provider will review any chronic health problems that you might have. So, for example, if you have high blood pressure or diabetes, they're going to review sort of how that's going for you and what medications you're taking and go through those lists of medications. And they're also going to recommend various screening tests that might be useful for detecting certain diseases early. Um, And we'll get more into that later, I think, in the program. Uh, We'll also be recommending vaccines that you're due for. Um, But most importantly, I think, is for any discussions about concerns that you have with your health. Staying healthy and catching problems when they're small and have less impact on your health is so important so that you can keep doing what you love. Also, this helps you maintain your optimum health and you can get advice for chronic problems that might not cause you to seek emergency or even urgent care with your provider but are bothering you or or you might want to bring up with a provider and don't haven't taken the time for it yet. So that's a great time at this visit to really kind of round out all your health concerns and, and bring up all the issues you might have. Yeah, those are all excellent suggestions. And um, the other thing that I wanted to mention is since the COVID-19 um, pandemic, um, some people may have put off their preventative care visits. Can we talk about that a little bit more? Yes, we know this is a, a nationwide trend, also a state and local trend that people have been putting off vaccinations that are due. They're putting off colon cancer screenings and various other cancer screenings and just their routine, regular annual visits. Um, people were afraid to come in and seek healthcare unless they were sick. And it's so important that now that things are safer with the accessibility of a vaccine uh, and the end of a global health pandemic, it's really important that we catch up on all those things that we've been missing out again on for the past three years. Yeah, thank you for mentioning the cancer screening part of it. 
Are there certain cancers that are more prevalent in Alaska Native populations or here in the YK Delta? Yes, absolutely. And so the one that always jumps to the front of my mind when I think about this is colon cancer. Uh, colon cancer has a very high incidence among Alaska Natives, and we have some of the highest rates of this type of cancer in the world. Um, low cancer are also very common in our population. Um, there's also more rare types of cancer like stomach and pancreas cancers. Those might be increased in the Alaska Native population. Um, and some of these cancers, uh, and we're gonna talk about this a little bit later, uh, like colon cancer, uh, have an asymptomatic period where detection of an earlier or a lower level of cancer can make treatment a lot easier. Uh, breast cancer is another example of a cancer that has an asymptomatic phase that can be detected by screening and treatment can be started uh, earlier. So it's really important that, uh, especially in, in those cases of those two types of cancers, that we really focus on early detection so that the treatment can start earlier. Other types of cancer like stomach, they don't have that, that phase, that asymptomatic phase where we can detect them and, and start treatment earlier and make a difference in the outcome. But there's a couple of really common cancers where uh, if, we, if we really get in there and, and do the screening when we're supposed to, uh, we can often catch them at an earlier stage. So how is early detection important when thinking about these cancers? Sure, that's, it's very important, I think, especially with regards to uh, some of these more treatable cancers. So if you detect a cancer at a lower stage, um, it's, it's a little bit easier for the cancer doctors and the surgeons to treat them. It's the cancer is less likely to have spread to other parts of the body, um, and the treatment for it can be um, a little less grueling and a little easier, although cancer treatment is absolutely no fun no matter how you look at it. Yeah. Uh, it's, it's certainly no, no fun at all. Uh, but if you can catch them at an earlier stage, it, in some cases, you can really prevent the spread of those cancers and the worsening of those cancers. Uh, and it turns those cancers into uh, something that can be uh, more survivable. So it doesn't have to be uh, this, uh, this health condition that can, that can very dramatically impact your life. So that's one of the reasons why early detection is so important. And again, it's important to remember that not all cancers have this asymptomatic phase. Uh, so the ones that we're going to recommend screening for you at your annual visits are going to be the ones that have really good tests that can detect these cancers in an earlier phase and can go on uh, to have a, uh, an easier treatment course. And then for those of us non-medical folk, um, you're talking about asymptomatic phase. It's a, it, can you define asymptomatic? Oh, yeah, absolutely. So what I mean by asymptomatic is that you, the cancer is present in your body, but you yourself don't notice any symptoms. So for a good example, for colon cancer, some of the symptoms of colon cancer are weight loss. Sometimes people can have blood in their neck or their, or their stool, um, or they can have a change in how they are uh, pooping or stooling. Um, and by the time that has happened, sometimes the cancer has gotten into a phase where uh, it's, it's, it's a, at a higher stage. Uh, so we often stage cancer sort of stage zero through stage four. And so I'm talking about cancers that are at uh, stage three or four will often have some of these symptoms. But okay. if you have cancers that are at stage zero or one, um, you often have no symptoms at all. A person might not even know. Um, but if you get some of these screening tests, in some cases, we can detect those cases earlier. Um, and in colon cancer, it's also important that colonoscopy, which is one of the screening test options available uh, for patients, uh, they can remove polyps when they do the colonoscopy. Some of those polyps are early cancerous growths that haven't had a chance to spread. So the screening test is also the treatment for that. Uh, if they detect a little bit of cancer in your polyp, 
you might not need any additional treatment for that cancer uh, if you got it removed during that exam. So that's another reason to do that. That's what we mean by asymptomatic. Same with breast cancer. Um, we think of breast cancer as um, being a lump in the breast. Um, and sometimes uh, we can, uh, we, even when there's a lump in the, in the breast, it hasn't spread yet. But sometimes by the time a person can feel it, it has already progressed past that stage zero or stage one that we want to find these cancers in. Okay. Well, that's a really good segue into the next part of our um, um, this talk is talking about mammograms. So um, turning our attention to those, why are these screenings essential for women's health? And at what, what age should women start getting their regular mammograms? So there's a lot of uh, um, variance in the regular guidance for uh, when mammograms should be started. Uh, for sure, they need to be started by the age of 45. Some women need to start earlier at the age of 40. Um, and you should be getting them either once a year or every other year, depending on your risk factors. And at your visit, your provider will talk to you about when you should start and how often you should get screened. There is also, it's important to remember that um, women who have a family history of breast cancer, and, and this is, is in, their, in their moms or their grandmas or their sisters, those women may need to start screening earlier in their life before the age of 40. So it's important that you know your family history. So it's hard to talk about this. And some of these kinds of cancers can be embarrassing or people don't want to talk about them because it yeah. might feel like it's bad luck to talk about them or something like that. But it's one of those types of things where family history is so important. Um, and so if you know your family's history or you have access to that, um, uh, if, you're, if you had a, a female relative who had early breast cancer or, or breast cancer, we need to start screening those women a bit earlier. Yeah, I'm glad you mentioned that. And then um, I wanted to touch on something that you said a little bit a while ago. And um, is, it's in here that says it says mammograms can sometimes be uncomfortable um, and can cause anxiety for some people. Um, how would you address these concerns and encourage women to prioritize this procedure? Yeah, you know, it's an easy thing to put off. Um, and they certainly are uncomfortable and they can be very anxiety producing. It's getting screened for a cancer and it just, it's very nerve wracking. The whole thing from start to finish. Uh, the discomfort is quite temporary. It really is only while you're getting the screening done. And the benefit of having early detection of cancer is so important that it is really worth that short period of discomfort. And then talk with your family and friends about your anxiety, um, especially surrounding some of these tests. It always helps you feel better. It's a common a human experience that, that all of us should go through these tests uh, and they are anxiety provoking and having people that you know and trust around you to lean on is really important and talk to your provider too about your anxiety about that um, and we can kind of go over some of the risk factors and some of the benefits to it and maybe help put your mind a bit more at ease. Yeah thank you and then I wanted to move on to the next topic which is colon cancer screenings. Um, Speaking of uncomfortable situations, um, colonoscopies <laughs> and other colon screenings are another crucial preventative care measure. Uh, we actually did a, a whole section about colon cancer screenings earlier this year. Um, can you do a review of some of the things that we talked about earlier this year? Yes. So probably one of the reasons, I mentioned this at the beginning of the show, colon cancer is one of the most common cancers in our Alaska Native population. And our rates are four to five times higher than other parts uh, of the um, of the of the United States. So it's very common in Alaska, and it's especially very common in Alaska natives. And if you catch polyps early, 
um, and have them removed, they may never actually grow into a full-blown cancer. So I talked about that earlier when they're, one of the ways to get screened for colon cancer is a colonoscopy. And that's uh, where they put a camera up your bottom and they check your whole inside of your colon uh, for polyps or, or signs of cancer. And when they find a polyp, they remove it. And so in some cases that could have taken a potential cancer and, and removed it uh, completely from your body. Uh, so the, the test there actually treats, could treat, potentially treat the cancer. So that's, that's why colon cancer screens are so important, especially in our Alaska native population where this cancer is just devastating. Yeah, for sure. And can you explain what a polyp is exactly? Sure. So a polyp is a piece of tissue that grows out of the wall of your colon. Um, there's there's many different types uh, of, of polyps. Some of them turn into cancer. Some of them never turn into cancer. Um, and the, what the provider does is they can't tell when they're looking at the camera which type of polyp it is, this little growth of tissue. Um, if you think about it, they're, they're pretty small. Some of them are pretty small. Um, think maybe okay. the size of the tip of your finger. Um, and the, um, the surgeon or the provider who's doing the colonoscopy is going to grab that with a little uh, device and remove it and then send it off to be looked at under the microscope. And that's how we can tell the difference between the polyps that are nothing to worry about and the polyps that might turn into cancer. Um, but first you have to have a test. So you have to schedule that test uh, and get that polyp removed to know. Yeah, so um, who should get these colonoscopies? What are the ages? You know, what are some of the things that um, you should consider um, to determine whether or not, you know, when you should start getting colonoscopies? Yeah, so the um, age uh, for our Alaska Native population uh, is 40 and older. So once you turn 40, that's something, big milestone, age, uh, birthday. I guess uh, I better sure put that, that on my calendar. <laughs> yes, exactly. Um, so anyone, anyone who has got Alaska Native heritage and is uh, the age of 40 or greater uh, needs to get that, that colonoscopy scheduled or colon cancer screening. There are um, a couple of other options. I'll get into that in a minute. Um, and then anyone with a family history of colon cancer in what we call a first-degree relative. And when I say first-degree relative, I mean a brother or a sister or a parent. Okay. Um, and those people need to get, start their screening a little bit earlier. So what we recommend is that that should be done about 10 years before the age that person was diagnosed. So if you have a brother who had colon cancer at the age of 35, uh, th that family should start screening at the age of 25. So oh, that wow. means some, some, yeah, so sometimes really young people uh, who have colon cancer running like that in their family, they need to get screened pretty darn early. Uh, if you wow. have a parent who was diagnosed at the age of 45, yeah, you need to get started screening at the age of 35. Okay. So you touched on this just a bit ago, but um, what are some of the options that are available for getting screened for colon cancer? So well, uh, one of the more common uh, is the colonoscopy that I just talked about. That's the procedure where uh, you have to travel in uh, to a place where this procedure is done. You have to do that colonoscopy prep to get your colon nice and cleaned out. Uh, and generally it's done in a hospital or in a clinic where they can uh, give you medication to help with the discomfort and uh, put a camera up your bottom and kind of have a look at the whole thing. But there are a couple of other uh, options. One is what we call a fit test, uh, which is a test of your stool. So you provide a stool sample uh, and it's tested for the presence of um, sort of cancer-like cells in the, in the, in the, in the stool. Um, so that's uh, one way to do it. 
There's also something called Colaguard, which is a little bit better and is done about every three. So the fit test is done every year. So every year you have to do one of those. And if that test is positive, then you have to have a colonoscopy. Okay. So it's a little bit uh, like a two-tiered situation. Mm -hmm. Same with the Colaguard. There's a little bit more sophisticated uh, test where people provide another sa a sample. It's sent off to a lab and analyzed for cancer cells. And then if it's positive, you, you need to have a colonoscopy. Those are the kind of two ways to screen for that we recommend screening for colon cancer. So I think you made a very important point when you were talking about mammograms and then now talking about colon screenings um, and colonoscopies in particular, where these um, these screenings are very uncomfortable. And I've you know in in my life I've heard stories of um, my relatives that talk about you know getting these screenings done. And they talk about the discomfort. They talk about how, you know, um, especially when it comes to the uh, colon um, screening is the colonoscopies is that it it's just messy and it just doesn't feel good. And I think it's really important to have these conversations in front of people that you love. Like I was young. I don't remember how old I was, but, you know, these were my aunts and uncles talking about getting, you know, having these screenings. So. Um, there is value in in having these conversations and um, making that normal, normalizing these conversations. And, mm -hmm. and no, you know, it's just so someone like me who's growing up and you know doesn't exactly understand what's going on and why they're doing it, um, so that you put it in the back of your mind. You know, this is something that I can expect. Yeah, I think yeah, important to normalize that and to understand, and it is an inconvenience, it is uncomfortable, especially yeah. the colonoscopies, right? Because you have to uh, reach out, you have to schedule them, you have to travel in most cases, you have to, uh, which can be, it's usually, it's usually at least two days because you have to have your pre-op appointment the day before where they sort of check it over and make sure that it's safe through the procedure. And then you have to take that medicine to, to clean out all oh, of the yeah, poop I, in your I heard colon. About that, yeah. <laughs> oh, very uncomfortable, yeah. very uncomfortable. And you know, then you have to, then you have to have the procedure and then you have to recover and then you have to travel home. I mean, this is a two to three day thing. It's inconvenient and it's uncomfortable. Um, and I, and I think that's uh, important to acknowledge that, that it is, it is that, but it's also so important, especially in our population of Alaska native people um, that we really push to get some type of screening done uh, for your colon cancer, even providing a stool sample. It can be embarrassing. Yeah. Um, maybe you have honey buckets in your home or maybe you don't have mm. access to a private toilet. It's embarrassing, yeah. um, but a very important thing to do. Yeah, and I guess it's a good thing that, you know, when you're going into Anchorage to do the colonoscopy, you know, you're in a place where there's internal pl plumbing, you know, there's a flush toilet, yes. there's a shower. So <laughs> yes, <laughs> I guess it, that lessens the blow. <laughs> yes, it certainly can. Um, but again, the, like I said, when I was talking about the mammograms, it's, it's a temporary discomfort that could potentially prevent um, a really terrible cancer. Yeah, and you touched on a little bit uh, about about travel. Not everything is available here um, at the hospital in Bethel. And so we have to, um, for health care, um, different kinds of health care, we have to travel to Anchorage um, in a lot of cases. So um, I wanted to talk about that as well. And you mentioned that, you know, it takes basically two days, depending on where you're coming in from. If you have to come in from, you know, the one of the further villages away from Bethel, um, you have to factor in the time of year because um, no one wants to do these things in the summer. You know, that's basically the culture. You know, you want to mm -hmm. get the fishing done. 
we want to get the berries done. And I think that um, our conversation about these things is kind of, we're mindful of that because we're going from um, a time of year where there is no sense of any kind of um, any kind of uh, routine, you know, that the sun is out mm-hmm. all day, all night long. And so we're out and, and we're um, processing salmon, we're picking berries, mm-hmm. we're picking greens, we're, you know, mm-hmm. pressure cooking them. So it's an all day event, all, all, you know, most of the night. And so now that, you know, those things are, are done and taken care of, it's time to take care of the most important part of our subsistence life in our culture and, and that's us and so now that we're mm-hmm. getting back into school we're getting back in establishing routines you know this should be a normal part of the routine just like we're hoping that you know these conversations happen within um you know the, the family the family circles where we're talking about you know these uncomfortable uh, procedures these uncomfortable situations but also talking about the importance of them why are we doing this why are we um doing the, you know these things that to take care of ourselves, to make sure that we're healthy um, and that we're around and and that we're able to do all of those things that we we love and enjoy to do. Um, So the next thing that I wanted to talk about is um, prescription refills. It's important to know, you know, that we're we're supposed to have, you know, our medicines, our routine medication. Um, Why is it crucial for patients Mm -hmm. to adhere to these medication schedules? And what are the potential consequences of not doing so? Yeah, sure. This is a hard one, too, because a lot of times we've talked a lot about asymptomatic things. So high blood pressure is a perfect example where people don't necessarily, some people do, but not everyone notices when their blood pressure is high. And taking pills that might have side effects to lower your blood pressure is sort of a pain. Like it's a pain to remember to take your medications and your diabetes medications or or, or your other medications that you might need to maintain your, your optimum health. Um, and so keeping in mind that these are prescribed generally for your health and to maintain your optimum health and to prevent things. So here's a good example. Uh, taking your high blood pressure medication every day, year after year, um, may prevent you from having a stroke. Um, and I'm sure lots of us know people who've had strokes and we know that good blood pressure control over many years can help prevent strokes. And so that's a really good example of people um, needing to get those prescriptions refilled right on time uh, so that they can take all those medications so that controlling their, their blood pressure well uh, may prevent a stroke in their future. Okay, that's that's awesome. That's very good. Very good to know. And um, so some patients may forget or intentionally skip refilling their prescriptions due to cost concerns or side effects. What should someone do if they have those concerns? Oh, gosh, that's such an important thing, too. Um, talk to your provider. Uh, we can help you. Uh, a lot of those medications do have side effects, and there's so many different uh, different types of medication, different classes of medications that work in different ways in your body. Um, and there's almost always something else we can try, uh, but we don't know if you don't tell us. So uh, bring it to your appointment. Say, I don't like to take this medication. Uh, I don't like how it makes me feel, or it makes me feel dizzy, or it has, has a side effect I really don't like. Sometimes uh, making sure you uh, make a written list of your concerns before your appointment. I forgot to mention at the very beginning. I love it when people come in with a written list of their concerns. And if you're, if you're having these symptoms, just jot them down. Uh, we can go over them and see if we can adjust your medications to help uh, prevent them. And with regards to cost, um, for our uh, beneficiaries, the cost of medic- most medications is covered. For our non-beneficiaries who may be listening, there's certainly uh, medication um, programs with drug companies where we can get you a reduced or a lower cost. 
That's very good to know. Thank you. And I, I like that the theme um, we're having right now is, is, is encouraging conversations. So, yeah. um, so the next thing I wanted to talk about was vaccines. So let's talk about vaccinations. Uh, some adults might think that vaccinations are just for children. Um, why are routine vaccinations important for adults and how, how can they help prevent serious disease? Yeah, the vaccinations are so important uh, for the kids, and, and I can't overemphasize that. But it's also important for uh, those of us who are getting older. Um, and I think it has to do with some of the different categories of vaccines and, and the diseases we're trying to prevent. So here's a good example, the shingles vaccine. So shingles is a reactivation of a chickenpox virus, and it can cause a painful, debilitating rash. Meaning the rash is uh, itchy, and it's very painful, and the pain from the outbreak can last for years after the rash has resolved uh, because of the nerves that go to that area can be damaged by these outbreaks. Um, so getting a shingles vaccine is one that's often put off, um, but that's a very good example of, of one that really <clears throat> should be done um, as soon as you're eligible to get that. And let's not forget those pneumonia prevention vaccines. Uh, pneumonia is a very common cause of hospitalization and severe illness in our region. And we have a couple of vaccines that help prevent certain strains of bacteria that commonly cause uh, pneumonia. Um, and I'd also be remiss if I don't remind people that flu season is coming up and flu shots oh, are yeah. so important for all of us. So getting a flu shot. And then lastly, I want to talk about two new vaccines that are out this year to help prevent respiratory syncytial virus or RSV. Um, we used to think of this as only a disease that affected children and then small babies. And that is the one of the biggest um, populations, the, those zero to six months old um, who get RSV, that's a terrible problem. Um, but also what we noticed when we were doing some of our respiratory surveillance, especially during COVID uh, pandemic, is that many adults are also hospitalized with RSV. There's two new vaccines. The first is for those aged 65 and older, so vaccinating our elders. Okay. And the second is uh, pregnant moms in their third trimester will pass on immunity to the baby to help prevent them from getting RSV. Oh, wow. We already do this for pertussis. Um, so all pregnant moms get a vaccine to prevent pertussis um, in those newborns. Um, and so uh, now they'll be able to get a shot to help prevent RSV in those in those babies. Whooping okay. cough. Yep. Okay. And you can't vaccinate babies until they're start vaccinating them until they're two months old, but that zero to two month old age range is very dangerous to get pertussis. Yeah. So vaccinating the moms helps protect those babies until wow. they can get their okay. own immunity. That's great. What would you say is the adult vaccine, vaccine that's most likely not to be up to date with? That's a great question. Right now, it's probably those COVID boosters. Uh, a lot of people are feeling like uh, they're done with the pandemic and they're kind of over it and COVID didn't seem so bad when they got it. Um, but uh, there is a new booster coming out this fall, and I should okay. mention that. So putting off the COVID booster for the next, I don't know, month until we get that new booster in is probably okay. Um, but as soon as it's available, we would recommend that everybody get that, that COVID booster. It's going to cover those new um, strains that are kind of circulating right now in the lower 48 that are probably moving into Alaska as well. Mm -hmm. um, there is been an uptick in cases across the United States. And we'll be starting in Alaska, I'm sure, soon. So uh, getting that COVID booster when that comes out is a great idea. Yeah, thank you for that tip. Um, and speaking of tips, uh, some of the practical tips. Uh, many people lead busy lives and might find it challenging to prioritize their preventative care visits. What are some practical tips or strategies for individuals to incorporate these essential health checks into their routines? Yeah, 
Yeah, so probably a good one is to schedule a follow-up visit uh, when you're leaving your current one. Um, that, that could help. Checking in with friends and family and partners and asking them to do the same. Putting a reminder in your phone, that, that helps me. Um, I also like to think of it in terms of time of the year. So uh, I get my annual exam before Thanksgiving every year, or I get my annual exam around Valentine's Day. So trying to associate it with a time of the year uh, oh, is tip. also really important. Yeah. And then, of course, alarms in your phone. For those of us who have phones, uh, putting an alarm in your phone to call and make that appointment is really important, too. So just uh, trying to think of all the different ways to get get your trigger your mind to do something that you may want not want to do anyway. That's those are very good tips. And then um, how can someone make a preventative care appointment? So um, it's important to if you live in a village, call your village clinic. Uh, if you live in Bethel, you can call our appointment line at 543-6442. And Dr. Hodges, as always, thank you so much for sharing this information and all those insights on the importance of preventative care visits. We hope this information encourages everyone to prioritize their health and well-being by scheduling their annual checkups. Also, be sure to follow us on Facebook and Instagram at YK Health. And remember, preventative care is the foundation of a healthy future and enables us to keep doing what we love if you have any questions or want to schedule an appointment, call our Bethel Appointment Schedulers at 907-543-6442 or call your local clinic. You can find those numbers on our website at ykhc.org. Guyana for listening. listening to Wellness Wednesday, a show about health and wellness in the Yukon-Kuskokwim Delta. Listen online at kyuk.org or tune in live every Wednesday at 10 a.m. right here on KYUK.